Highlights, a weekly Facebook livecast and podcast focused on Maryland politics. I'm Eric Lutke, Majority Leader in the Maryland House of Delegates, and each week I interview one of my incredible colleagues to help you learn more about them and the work they're doing. You can tune in live each Tuesday on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Eric for Maryland, and you can watch recorded interviews there or listen to them in podcast format on Spotify, iTunes, or, or whatever other platform you use to get your podcasts. This week, we are highlighting Delegate Cherie Sample Hughes, who represents parts of Dorchester and Wacomico counties on Maryland's eastern shore. She's a shore native who grew up in Salisbury and returned there after school. After almost a decade on the Wacomico County Council, she ran for and won election to represent District 37A. And in 2019, she was sworn in as Speaker Pro Tem of the House of Delegates, the number two position in the House of Delegates. Welcome, Cherie. Thank you, Delegate Lukey, and it is a pleasure to be with you. As always, being in your presence is great, but it's certainly great to be with you and all of the fans that you have on Facebook. Yeah, right, right. The the, the <laughs> twenty or thirty of them that watch. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's I mean, it's genuinely great to see. You. I don't get to see you that often outside of sessions. No. <laughs> close to each other geographically in this state, so. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's good. It's good to be able to do this too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank, 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 thankful for Zoom, I guess, in this one respect. So yeah, absolutely. we start off with like a super softball question. Just, you know, your your own version of your bio. Where, where'd you grow up? What do you do outside of legislative work? Why'd you uh, become a legislator? So, yeah, I grew up here in Salisbury and um, had found it to be an area that uh, was great to be a part of as a child and as an adult. I have uh, two sons and, you know, raised them here uh, in Salisbury as well. Um, and, you know, it's just been a blessing to be able to see, um, you know, persons that I have grown up with, but then also um, my family had a business or several businesses for that matter, but one in particular was our restaurant. And um, we did soul food. My grandparents had the restaurant and got a chance to, you know, constantly interact with the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who have and some who have not, you know, actually could afford things. So we always made certain that everybody was fed, regardless if they had money or not, and just to be able to uh, be a part of the community. So uh, over the years, I've been able to, you know, stay connected with, you know, elderly people as well as young people because you just runs the gamut when you, uh, uh, you know, in a small community like this. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, question you asked me what I do outside of the legislature. Well, I also work for a funeral home. I've been doing that for a number of years. I got involved with that when I was in high school. And um, to this day, I love it. I find that as another way to interface with the community. Um, and to it's actually kind of for me like a ministry to really be able to be a, a part of someone's life at their time of need. Um, but also so providing that level of direction and focus for what you have to do within that uh, grieving period of time. And um, so that certainly has kept me in the community and in touch with what the needs are of the community. Um, and also I teach part-time at the Warwick Community College and I've uh, been doing that now for about seven years or so. And it's fine that exciting because oftentimes um, we have candid conversations in the classroom talking about, you know, what things are important outside of the textbook information. <laughs> I always say um, college is beyond these four walls. And at first, the first class, they'll look at me like, what? <laughs> 
I said, it is. You have to understand what's going on in your community, what's going on in the nation. And so we always kicked off with current events and really towards the end of the, the semester, they're like coming up with answers and questions to things as well. So um, it gives me that balance of, you know, being in a legislature, but also still being in the community and talking to young people, old people and everybody in between. That's fantastic. That's great. Yes. I mean, that can, and you know, that connection is so important for any legislator, right? It's how we, you know, develop bills. It's how it's, it's what drives us. Yes, right? That is true. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, this may be a, a dirty little secret, but I'm, I'm from the Western shore and uh, a lot of us on the Western shore uh, or a lot of folks on the Western shore, I think don't really know the Eastern shore at all. Right. Like if they see a lot of the Eastern shore, they only see it out of their car windows as they're driving to ocean city and, and they don't really see how, how, how great a lot of the shore is. So tell us a little bit about Dorchester and Wacomico. What, what makes your part of the state special? Sure. Um, first and foremost, you know, I, I know a lot of my colleagues say that when they cross the Chesapeake Bay Bridge coming east, um, they feel a sense of relief. They feel a level of stress go down. <laughs> and so I believe that is very much true because the things are, are lower, excuse me, a little slower pace, but it, it feels, um, you know, somewhat of relaxing. And so, you know, the Eastern Shore in particular is certainly um, known for its agriculture base, uh, known for its historical history with uh, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, the, the monumental efforts to um, address the racism issues that held in Cambridge when there were Cambridge riots years ago and how that community has, you know, come back and, and, and been even more stronger. Um, it's known for our waterways. We have a lot of opportunities where our seafood industry thrives. A lot of people can't wait to get here to get their seafood. <laughs> um, as you know, you have the Warnermen doing their part in making sure our economy is thriving as well. Um, and that in particular, I say, you know, the Eastern Shore, but even just in my district, those same things you can find. Um, you can find the poultry industry thriving. Purdue is one of, you know, internationally, everybody knows Purdue, and we have one of their main uh, uh, headquarters right here in my district. And they give back so much to the community as well as certainly employ people. So you have generations of uh, uh, people who have interfaced with all of the, the great things that we have to offer and in the, in the things that um, we're still building on with our institutions, Salisbury University, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, and those things are just, um, uh, for me, I just think of it as a blessing to have that diversity and to have the fact that people are still, um, a, excelling and, and engaging and bringing people to this area for all those things for our tourism industry as well so um anytime you're interested in coming on to the eastern shore feel free and uh i will certainly <laughs> take you around and show you some of the district it's, I, try, it's I try to get out there fairly often i, I my um my in-laws live just a little bit north of you in in lower slower delaware um okay <laughs> fairly often. but i will say to those of you who are watching this on facebook if you follow me on facebook you know that i am a total nerd for parks and the eastern shore has particularly the lower shore has some of the best parks in maryland so i'm going to give you a top five list for these shore for those of you who are parks nerds like me uh Tuckahoe state park is amazing and some of the best uh canoeing in the state um uh, sheree just mentioned uh the cambridge and and all of the history around there harriet tubman underground railroad state park which is also mm -hmm. a national park is awesome and right next door is the blackwater national wildlife refuge which uh i've never seen so much wildlife in my life and then a little further south 
Pocomoke River State Park and Jane's Island State Park. Like you, I got to tell you uh, what you what you said, Sheree, about crossing the bridge and breathing a sigh of relief. I have mm-hmm. that every time I'm heading out your way because there's so <laughs> much natural beauty, you know, in that part of the state. On top of you know the universities and all the great restaurants and, mm-hmm. stuff and all that, so it's a cool part of the state. Absolutely, and I feel really spoiled that I only live like 30 minutes away from Ocean City, and yeah. and there. Any given day, I'll say, hey, I'm going to the beach. I'll be back because <laughs> I'll go there, put my feet in the water, and then I'll go and get Thrasher's French fries or a slice of dough rollers pizza, and, and I'm good. I'm back home in, you know, less than an hour. <laughs> oh, man. That, I, I'm, a, I'm really jealous. That's <laughs> now I've got a craving for Thrasher's, too. I haven't had dinner. Oh, my goodness. They're the best. <laughs> All right. So before you got elected to the House of Delegates, you were... Mm-hmm on the Wacomico County Council and, and yes. really only a handful of current members of the House who have that county government experience. Did that help prepare you to be a legislator or, or are they totally different jobs? No, I would say it definitely helped. <laughs> it helped a whole lot um, from the budgeting standpoint of, you know, when we as a county government, we're going through line by line, at least I did, I have a highlighter, and I just go line by line and look at the budget and look at what the sources of fund and the revenue where they were coming from and the supports that we had. And a lot of that certainly was the state support. And so it helped me understand the roles of the different agencies at the state level. Um, Also, you know, how we were interfaced as a local government with the state government. Um, And so all of that was truly beneficial and understanding the departments, Um, I think, I came to the legislature um, with the knowledge of uh, the, the, the issues at the local level and how um, you on the ground meeting the people's needs right there. I think what I did miss by no longer being in the uh, on the Wicomba County Council was having um, that time to be able to go to let's say a citizen's home find out what the issue is and help address it and getting that feedback then and there and then going to the council meeting and then making the decision. So I had all that time to do the research. But at the legislature, when I first was, uh, when I was in, I was like, oh my gosh, how do we make all these decisions? I need to talk to my citizens and everything. So that was, that was different for me. Um, but again, I would say that just having that understanding of the um, the departments and the budget in and of itself was extremely uh, beneficial and also with um, open meeting acts and understanding the, the, the charters of the counties and how um, our laws are affecting what's happening at the local level. So uh, it was very helpful. Hmm, that's great. That's, I, yeah, and it, I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it. We've got a fair number of people who've been in municipal governments, you know, mm-hmm. not as many with, with councils. And in my county, at least, it's been the opposite. We've had members of the legislature who've run for county council and left the legislature. So yes, I noticed that as well. You're, I mean, you know, years ago, I noticed that, but it was just interesting. I was like, it's just the opposite on Eastern shore. It seems like we'll do the county, then come to the state. And then the, the uh, Western shore would do the state, then the county. So, well, you know, you know, us in Montgomery County, we just got to be different than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've been serving on the health and government operations committee, right? Mm-hmm. Has a reputation as a fantastic committee to serve on. It, it you know, the, the sort of reputation of HGO is is very collegial. It's very bipartisan when it can be. Um, curious about like you know making sure that that good policy gets done. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about, about your committee this session. What were what were kind of the the big issues that that you all were spending time on? 
Yeah, well, you know what? I think um, a lot of our colleagues that weren't on the committee, of course, would look to us as the body to um, really get the latest information on what was going on with COVID and, and what their needs were for their jurisdiction to say, oh, is this what this means? Is this what's happening um, around testing and around vaccinations and things of that nature? So, um, I mean, naturally we were the health committee, but it just kind of took on a whole different uh, uh, persona all by itself in this session because it was so different. Um, and, and some of the goals that we wanted to make sure we address in that committee um, was to make sure telecommunications and the telehealth piece was emphasized even more so because so many people needed to be uh, able to connect with their healthcare provider um, and have that access. And we wanted to make sure that all of the, the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed and you know Medicaid would accept it, private insurance would accept it. You know, so those intricacies were what we wanted to make sure happen and came to fruition because we've understood it a lot better during this COVID timeframe that people need those resources, whether it's mental health or whether it's just to get the, 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 the checkup on uh, if you had some type of surgery and you need to check in with your health provider. Those things are important. Um, and so for me, when I saw those pieces of legislation go through, I, I, would, I would know that it, it's something real that would affect someone in their daily life. Um, what I think also, I think people don't remember or really think about with our health and government operations committee is that that government operations piece is, is important as well. Meaning that we had um, legislation on estates and trusts. And so um, trying to make things uh, more user-friendly in this day and age that we were using Zoom and all types of communication um, to allow for wills to be signed, wills notify and, and taking on that um, that more electronic ability now and not the traditional way of doing things. And so our committee not only was tasked with, you know, the health and the specifics that we always deal with, um, but we had that umbrella as well, that, that area that really needed some attention. Um, and so uh, it was an interesting session. I'm very grateful for a lot of bills that we were able to get passed. I know a couple that I sponsored um, dealt with dementia and Alzheimer's. And those areas are very, very important to me by seeing so many people um, not being aware of dementia and all the effects that it can come, but also being a care provider, you know, what supports that you need. Um, and so those pieces of legislation that I was able to get through, I'm very grateful um, and, and making sure that, you know, all persons are at least getting um, uh, mental health and whatever, you know, needs that they have to be met. Um, and that's what our committee was certainly charged with doing. I'm, I'm sensing a connection here. You were talking earlier about your work and your day job and how you're with people and supporting them and ministering them to, to them in, in kind of their most difficult moment. And you're working on you know, issues like estates and trusts, which, you know, those are, I mean, uh, that's a, a really difficult time in yes, indeed. administering an estate for a loved one who's passed or, you know, mm -hmm. a loved one who's suffering from, from Alzheimer's or dementia. I mean, that's really tough. You're, you're kind of you're focusing yourself on on helping people when they really need help. That's that's a great, yes. great thing. That's service. That's great. Yes, yes indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> well, but so the issue that probably got the most attention of all the issues you you had bills that that dealt with this year was the, the bill to repeal <laughs> Maryland's state song. Um, and I, I wondered, you know, what what was it that inspired you to get involved in the issue? And how do you feel about about the outcome of the repeal? 
Well, I'm very much pleased about the outcome and where we are because I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and it may be the ideal time to do it. And I say that because there have been many, many legislators that have worked on this piece of legislation, saw way ahead of our time that this that the song um, projected negativity around racism and that 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 vibe that we as a state didn't really need to have. Um, and they had that forethought. They, they really realized that this is something that should have been dealt with years ago. Um, but again, it goes back to everything happens for a reason. And so this was a pivotal time that we needed to move forward as a state. Um, I was very grateful uh, that um, Senator Kagan wanted to work on that together. I know she has put in bills before with other uh, of, my, of our colleagues. Um, but when we have seen as a nation so much negativity around racism and the, the citizens um, um, rising up and really speaking out against all of these um, inequities and, and things that don't really show what we're really about as a state or as a nation. Um, and I felt that it was a pivotal time to move in this direction. Now I have to say at first I was a little hesitant. I was like, look, we've got to deal with COVID. This is the priority. I don't want to look outside of that box. <laughs> um, but you know, we as a legislature, as you know, we are resilient and we can do uh, keep a ton of balls up in the air and still be moving all at the same time and addressing the needs of our state. Um, so that was part of the reason for me. And the last piece I'll say about that is I grew up in the American Legion Auxiliary and my father um, was in the military, my grandfather and uncles, et cetera. But anyway, my dad always made sure I was a part of the Junior Girls Auxiliary. And so been around the entire state and visited American Legion homes. And But we always had to sing the song, the state song, Maryland by Maryland. So Growing up, I was like, oh, okay, no big deal, sing the song. But as I got older and my sons became a part of the Sons of the American Legion, and um, as a legislator, I'm like, that, that's no, that's not good. <laughs> we need to do something about that. And so to be able to be a part of it and make a decision to sponsor the bill and to be there with all of our colleagues, uh, it was very um, moving and definitely needed to be done. And so we can look forward, we can look to more positive things. Yeah. Yeah, and build you know build the the type of state that that appreciates everyone regardless of the mm -hmm. color in right. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, that, it was many years in the making getting the song repealed. I I think mm -hmm. I see it as as part of this this larger. I mean, this session was really a great session for kind of trying to build Maryland into the the state that that fits our ideals, right? That yes, indeed. We want it to be so. I agree. I agree. You said that so well because. That's all, at the end of the day, you can really feel what we the work that we put in and the work that we were able to get done. You can feel it in the communities. People are talking about the work that we did this session, and they're like, "This is impactful. This changes lives. It makes uh, huge differences." So while we had to um, deal with the the changes in you know doing Zoom for committee meetings and things of that nature, we were focused. We were focused on what needed to really come to fruition. Well, I, I mean, it's great work. Great work getting that bill done. Um, we, I, so the end of every show, we, we do three sort of more uh, fun questions than, than, uh, than the serious stuff. We do two <laughs> true or false questions. Um, and then we have our, our final question, which is the same question we ask of every guest on the show. So I'll start with true or false. Delaware is best described as a suburb of Salisbury. <laughs> I'll say false. False? Oh, I really. What would you say? You say I get lorded over my in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> what part did your in-laws live in? What a part of Delaware? They live in Milton. 
Milton Delaware. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> it, it's, I always find it funny because in, at least in my part of, uh, of Montgomery County, we, uh -huh. you know, I, I grew up making fun of Virginia. Like we have this real competition with Virginia, but it seems like okay. door, everybody gets along, right? Like uh, Delaware, Maryland, there's not a whole lot of competition over there. It feels like. No, but we all have our unique, you know, pieces we bring to the table. Right. Delaware. I went this matter of fact, I went to both the college and both uh both times in Delaware. So I have a love for it as well. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and it and it gave us Joe Biden. So hey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. True or false, Annex life is the best life. I'm going to have to say yes, because I wanted to make sure that all of our members that were in the annex, we held a high <laughs> high regard and just stayed, you know, got our work done and do what we needed to do. So we, we had a we had a high level of uh, of um, I'm trying to get the words, but we were just, you know, pumped that we had to do it. You know what I mean? It's like people keeping the morale up. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. For the if you're, if you're listening and you have no idea what we're talking about right now, because <laughs> pandemic, the house actually operated in two separate physical locations, the, the house floor and the chamber annex. And as Speaker Pro Tem, uh, Delegate Sample Hughes was essentially presiding in the house annex, helping to make sure every, all the trains were running on time and all the members were getting what they needed. To get. And I got to tell you, Sheree, I, I talked to a lot of members over in the annex who loved it, like had a great time over there, really enjoyed being over there. So, you know, well done on uh, for you and Jeremy Baker, who are helping hold the fort down over there. Yes, we're a tight knit family all by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but we're ready to come back to the big family. Oh, I'm sure I can't. I, I, oh, I hope next session is a normal <laughs> session. I can't wait for it. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Our final question is actually a two part question and mm -hmm. an explanation. So bear with me. The first part is, what is your favorite Maryland place? It can be any place within the geographical boundaries of the state of Maryland. It doesn't have to be in your district, although I will tell you most, most of the have <laughs> picked a place in their district. <laughs> and then second, what is your favorite Maryland food? And again, it doesn't have to be a Maryland specific food. It's uh -huh. food served somewhere within the geographical boundaries of the state of Maryland. Um, so actually, it is within my district. I'm going to say it's right there when you're crossing the um, uh, Choptang River, the bridge, the Cambridge Bridge, right when you're looking over to the right-hand side, you'll see Sailwinds and you'll see the water area and the hospital and everything. It's actually there because um, because I, I love being by the water to have time to think and just mentally regroup. Matter of fact, oftentimes when I'm on my way home to Salisbury, I would stop there just so I could like regroup before I have to drive another 30 minutes to Salisbury. Um, and then there's also where you can walk um, under the bridge and go over to the old bridge that used to be in operation, but now they use it for fishing. So I get my exercise in all at the same time. So it's a mixture. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And actually, just, that, bridge, that bridge is a state, the old bridge is a state park. I've, I've been there, Bill Bryson Fishing Pier State Park. And people utilize it a lot. And, they'll, uh -huh. and you know, you look right um, across toward the water, you see the uh, Hy Hyatt Regency. So even more, you know, beautiful things to look at. So yeah, that's where, I, that's my favorite place in my district in, in the state of Maryland, I would say. Um, and then to your question about the food, I'm gonna have to go with crabs. Um, and funny thing is, is that the birthmark that I have, it looks like a crab because my mother, she ate crabs every day that she was pregnant with me. And ironically, I love crabs too. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly <laughs> to be serving an office legislature, if you've got a crab birthmark, that's <laughs> 
Well, um, <laughs> all of you who joined us tonight or, or listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening in. Um, thank you to Speaker Pro Tem and Delegate Cherise Sample Hughes for doing some exceptional job representing Maryland's Eastern Shore in the Maryland General Assembly. Uh, Cherie, thanks for joining me tonight. Sure, thank you. This is fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good rest of your night. All right. Thank you. You too.